This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. On this episode of Top Shelf, it's so very exciting for any player who gets the call up to the next level. This week, Emmanuel Sequera talks with two KIJHL players who had strong weekends in the BCHL. Matt Fleet of the Kimberly Dynamiters and Nathan Dominici of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. Brandon Toy has a wealth of BCHL experience. Now that he's back with his hometown Kamloops Storm, he hopes to leverage the knowledge he gained in 67 games with the Power River Kings. He joins Emmanuel. Later in the podcast, I talk with Sycamus head coach Nick DeShane about the Eagles' nest and the success the Eagles are earning as they head down the stretch. Our guest broadcaster this week is Dan McSkimming from the Fernie Ghost Riders. He'll be along shortly, so get the chocolate chip cookies ready. But first, Nathan Dominici is having a great season with the Nighthawks better than a point per game. He was called up for a pair of games last weekend with the Trail Smoke Eaters. Emmanuel asked Nathan his impressions of playing at the next level. I wasn't expecting to score this weekend, but it was a great feeling. Uh, kind of lifted a weight off my shoulders and let me play a bit more freely. And what did you take from the experience? I'm just going to try and uh, bring the pace of my game that I played with in uh, with Trail back to the KI and BV. Because if I... Uh, keep the speed up I think I'll do a lot better. Did you get any feedback from the trail coaches about the way that you played in the two games? The coaches weren't too happy after the weekend because we did lose both games but they congratulated me on the goals and they thought I had a good weekend. That one's blocked by Volker did well to get back and block it but now Hamilton down the wall to the corner out front Dominici shoots he scores! Nathan Dominici with a rocket picks the right corner his first BCHL goal, and what a time to get it. We're tied at one. He missed a glorious opportunity last night, but Hamilton Seeley combined to set up Dominici, who wires one far down, and he's not going to forget that one anytime soon. As we head into weekend play, Matt Fleet is top five amongst KIJHL goaltenders with a 2-1-3 goals against average and a 9-15 save percentage. Last week, he was called up to the BCHL Cranbrook Bucks, where he acquitted himself very well, stopping 26 of 27 shots in a 4-1 win over Merritt. Naturally, Matt was pleased. It was really good. It felt uh, felt good. The boys made me feel uh, really comfortable out there and kind of got settled into the game, and I felt like I played uh, really well. In adding to that, I mean, what was the experience like of playing your first BCHL game? It's a really cool experience. All the boys made me feel uh, really welcome, and yeah, really cool, and getting the win was just kind of the cherry on top. What do you take from that experience moving forward? Yeah, I think just kind of the confidence that I gained knowing that I can play at the level above and just kind of taking that back to Kimberly and knowing that I'm a good goalie in this league. And Did you keep the, the game puck from that game? Yeah, I got the puck from the game. Yeah, it's sitting on my mantle here in my billet house. Around on the boards. Shot, a great save by goaltender Matt Fleet without his stick. Shot save by Fleet. Another big save by the Dynamiter goaltender. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with uh, one of the many voices of the uh, Fernie Ghost Riders, Dan McSkimming. Dan, thank you very much for doing this. Oh, it's great. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. How long have you been part of the broadcast team in Fernie? I was thinking about 10 years, roughly. I started doing it the year or two after my son no longer played for the Riders, after he retired. 
I uh, was asked to go up and do that, and that's, so I think it's about ten years. Last week, I think it was, or the week before, you you were at the dentist or, or or something. You had some teeth done. So there's other parts of your broadcast team. So talk about the other members of the team. Who fills in for me when I'm not able to be there is Ted, who's been around longer than I have, but is sort of in semi-retirement. But he's a great fill-in. Scotty, who helps with the broadcast, but does all the technical work, does all the replay work, does all the work with the computers to put on the presentation that we have. And he's really passionate about it and is doing a great job. Budgie Feller is our announcer for the games, and he's in the booth with us as well. He's been there longer than I have been. And then John, the cameraman, who uh, lives on the ski hill, is retired and had never missed a game. He's very faithful and is always feeding me tidbits during the game and ensure I know that the goalie's been pulled or that the goalie's been changed or things like that. We have a lot of fun, and I think what we share is that, one, we love Fernie, but we you know, love Junior B Hockey in the Valley and, and enjoy following the team all season. Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the work that Scotty does. I just want to talk a little bit about the whole presentation of the Ghost Riders on Hockey TV. It's top shelf. It's professional. The camera works great. And the clarity on your camera is incredible. The graphics are also awesome. So make sure you tell those guys uh, what a great job they're doing. It, it, it really is noticed, and I'm sure the fans and the parents also appreciate it. We we get a lot of compliments about it, and I, I can honestly say I have nothing to do with it. They stick the <laughs> headphones on my head and point to me when to talk. That's, that's my sole contribution. I know you have something to do with this, though. Uh, apparently, there's a chocolate chip cookie shortage in the Fernie area. There's a chocolate chip cookie shortage everywhere I go, but we've uh, reached out. It's been fun with the parents and the families of the players, and uh, we started asking them, thinking they should bring us chocolate chip cookies, bring us a treat. And they started doing it. And this coming weekend, we have two home games, so there'll be a lot of parents in town. And if you're around, come up to the booth, there'll be a lot of treats. And not just cookies. We've received pie and all sorts of different bakings. It makes it fun and uh, hasn't helped my weight loss program, but uh, we really appreciate it. And I think the entire league should be on the same program. Dad will be back a little bit later on, and we'll actually talk about the Fernie Ghost Riders. That's coming up later. 24 seconds left in the period. Faceoff will be in the Grizzly zone. Fournier taking the faceoff. Goes into the corner. Riders pick it up. From behind the net, a wraparound goes in! McDuff grabs it and bounced off some sticks and skates. And with 18 seconds left, the Riders are up 4-1. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with Nick DeShane, the head coach of the Sycamus Eagles. Thank you very much for doing this, coach. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for, for doing this. Before we talk about the regular season, which has been so good so far, something you mentioned when you and I were talking last week and before I hit the record button, you talked about the dorm situation. And since then, I've asked around and people have said to me, oh, you mean the Eagle's Nest? Talk about that because it's a little different than what I'm used to and how it benefits the organization. Uh, well, I think we're entering into year three now of using that facility. And uh, it was built for an academy that didn't come to fruition. Uh, so the team has taken it over. And I think anytime you're in a small community, billeting can always be an issue. And I think the team saw it as a possible uh, remedy. With COVID, I mean, it, it definitely was a more interesting experience, I know, for the players living isolated kind of in that facility. But, you know, now as things open up, you know, we kind of almost view it as a bit of a a transition from you know living at home to living on your own players share rooms got a common area 
uh, eating area and a, an industrial kitchen. They're located right behind the rink, so there's no driving required. Uh, everything's nice and close. And, you know, from a coaching perspective, that's a, a huge advantage. And I'll have all your players under one, one roof. The boys just, they kind of learn to be responsible. I mean, we delegate chores uh, throughout the week. Players are responsible for cleaning up after themselves as well as within the facility. You know, myself and our assistant coach, Eric Tuff, we are present and, and there to supervise. You know, that being said, as you bring in young men that are, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, you really kind of lean on them to be responsible for themselves. You know, they, they end up uh, learning a lot about themselves, about coexisting with other people, uh, about cooking, uh, just kind of real life skills. And, and through all that, they end up, you know, becoming a closer group. You know, it's not easy when you, you're kind of rebuilding a program and you bring in 17, 18 new faces or maybe more. I think now we're, I think we're down to three returning players from last year. You know, that can take a season in and of itself just to create identity and, and some cohesiveness. But, uh, I mean, the, the nest or our dormitory there becomes a bit of an accelerant for that. I think that's a byproduct of, uh, you know, how our season's been going as well. As we continue to talk about things, before we actually talk about the season, from a graphic design point of view, I just want to say, whoever designed the new logo for the Eagles, they get a stick tap from me because it looks awesome. <laughs> the old logo had been there for maybe since its inception. And, uh, you know, when things are you know, moving into a new age and you know, we're trying to bring things along in a different direction, um, having a new face or a new logo, you know, can sometimes help push things along and I don't know exactly where the logo came from, but we hummed and hawed and we went through a lot of different prototypes and even colors. We were even flirting with uh, the Kraken colors there of Seattle and just trying to think of something completely unique and, and off the off the map. But, um, you know, we stuck with kind of more traditional colors and, you know, our players, I mean, the, they look sharp. I think our players feel just a little bit different. They feel like it's a, it's a not a brand new organization, but they, they feel sharp in them. Coach DeShane will be back to talk about the great play of the Eagles this season, particularly in the last month. Coming up on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, Brandon Toy of the Kamloops Storm. Levesque's clearing attempt stopped on the far side, puck thrown out front. A shot they score right off the opening faceoff. A puck given away, Chiefs could not recover. Kamloops Storm are on the board. It's Brandon Toy. I'm joined by Brandon Toy of the Kamloops Storm on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me today. Brandon, uh, what is it like for you to be back with the hometown storm? It's been good. I started my KI three years ago in the COVID season, so it's nice to come back, play with some of my buddies. How do you feel that you've played so far? I mean, I was watching, like, uh, you look like you're obviously pretty happy when you scored your, your first goal against Kelowna. It took me a while to find the back of the net but hopefully turns around quickly um, then I can help score more goals for the storm because that's what we need. How will playing in the KIJHL help you with accomplishing what you want? When I came back I really just wanted to start having fun playing hockey again and so far that's really helped me to start loving the game again so hopefully it gives me an opportunity to go back up to junior A next year maybe play another year and just have fun. And how's it been fitting in with the group? Uh, it's been good. All the guys are super nice. We have a great group. Like They care. They want to win. How do you think you can help the team in terms of what you bring? I can help the younger guys with experience. I've seen the BCHL. I played in there for pod season last year and half a season this year. So I think I can help them like know what they have to work on. 
and give them little tips and stuff because it is a different game up there. Just the team aspect, the same thing. I bring experience of playing up there and I know what it's going to take to win after seeing it in the BCHL. What was your experience like of playing in the BCHL? Um, it was very good. It's a very first class league. It's all about respect up there. Every night, every team's in the building, they're there to win. I would say it's probably the hardest league to win in because it's so competitive. How did playing the league make you a better player? It's definitely faster, so I think it helped me develop more of a poise with the puck. And you have to learn how to defend some of these better players, so I think maybe a lot better defensively and build better habits like stick on the ice, like watch the chess, pressure when you see numbers and like helping pin and stuff. What do you look forward to when it comes to the rest of the season? Looking forward, I'm hoping we can make a good run here to the playoffs. I think we have a good group of guys to do it this year and it would be super special because we have a lot of 20s that have played on the storm for four years and I have a whole bunch of buddies on the team so it'd be nice to do it with them. Thanks for joining us on Top Shelf, Brandon. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sanum cross ice. Here's Brendan Toy. Toy turns in the corner. Back to the point. Over to Sanum now on the near side. Top of the circle. Shot. Seven seconds left in the power play. Will the Storm get one shot before it's all over? Centered. Goal. Brandon Toy. So far this season, the Sycamus Eagles are 19-10-3. That's 641 hockey in a very competitive Doug Burks division, particularly in the top three spots. They're one point back of Kamloops, and they're the hottest team in the division, 8-1-1 in their last 10 games. Coach DeShane, what's your side doing well at what really comes down to the right time of the season? The message for us at the start of the year was we want to be the best team at the end of the year. So it wasn't a requirement to come out of the gates and pull together a, a big winning streak. Uh, you know, we went through a lot of bumps and bruises. We lost a lot of close games early, and, and our record was actually, I think we were two games below 500 at one point. For any team I've been on or coached that's gone on to have success, I mean, you have to go through some uh, trials and tribulations at some point in the year to kind of test your resolve because you don't want to have it tested in the playoffs. We're kind of at that point where we've gone through a lot of learning and, and growing pains. And I think we're now, you know, hitting our stride. I mean, I think as a group, we're playing better hockey each week. We still have some individuals that probably still have another notch or two in their game. And we want to be the best team at the end of the year. And, and it, it might not be end of the season. We might hopefully have some more time to, to keep getting better as a group. And, and then I hope that the further we potentially can go, uh, the more our players get kind of exposed into further opportunities and, and it, it goes from there. For a team to be successful, you have to have leaders and you have to have guys that lead in the locker room, but also on the ice. Who are the guys that are really standing out for you as a coach? And not necessarily guys that are putting up points, but guys who are doing the right things. Well, you can say in the locker room on the ice, but for us, it also is in the dormitory <laughs> who's right. leading in the daily life skills, right? Because, uh, that's as much of a factor for us with our chemistry and, and how we conduct our, our business. But, um, you know, right now I can think of up front, a player that stands out to me uh, would be Jordan Crawford. And he's come from Manitoba. You know, I'm not familiar with the league that he played in. I saw him at Global in Vancouver. You know, he's come in, he's taking courses online. So he's taking care of his schooling. He's super responsible in the nest. And he's putting in more time. Like he's just really 
committing to to getting better as a hockey player and spending extra time in the gym and his stats don't reflect the value that he brings to the group and I think anytime you see a player really take a big leap forward it it impacts everybody and you know his work ethic and commitment has definitely reflected that and you know another player who doesn't live in the nest but is from from uh, Salmon Arm area is uh, Ezra Chan you know his season was, was disrupted last year and he's come in and you know his work ethic is also way up there and really committing to his game and and he holds himself to a high standard and and uh, so a lot of things are coming together for him as well there are 12 games left in the regular season you have a tough weekend and anytime you're playing three games in three days it's going to be a challenge you've got Kamloops North Okanagan 100 mile house this weekend what do the Eagles have to do to be successful? Well, we just came off a three and three, so it's nice we're going to be able to kind of rely on how that kind of felt in that experience. We're a group, we're pretty balanced and like to distribute uh, the ice time, especially in these kinds of weekends. So to us, it's going to be, you know, we need everyone contributing you know, taking advantage of their opportunity. Um, if push comes to shove, we'll, we'll have to make some adjustments, but uh, we're pretty confident right now that if we can roll four lines and, and 60, um, that's our our best recipe for success at this point in time. And, and it gets everyone kind of going and, and developing and moving in a good direction. And we've kind of had that mindset all year. Nick DeShane is the head coach of the Sycamore Seagulls. Thank you, coach, for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, all the best in the new year. Grizzlies get it and they come out. Sinclair on his man. He gets it off the boards and out. Woolley picks it up at the red line and circles back. Haggerty intercepts that pass. Over to this side, Slobodian. Up to Karam. Shot. It scores! Scored! What a shot! I don't know if it went under his arm. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the voice of the Fernie Ghost Riders, Dan McSkimming. Dan, let's talk about the Ghost Riders this season. Started off well, had a great start to the season. It's been up and down earlier this month. A big win over Columbia Valley, and then uh, earlier in the week, a, a loss to Creston. Uh, talk about the play of the team this season. You see that a lot in junior hockey. The consistency hasn't arrived yet. Just before Christmas, we had a win against Revelstoke, which was the number one team at the league at the time three days later lose to Crescent who was below us in the standing so consistency is a big deal and I think what we need and what the coach is working on right now is uh, showing up our defense we've been playing with only five defensemen we have a forward cardinal who's been going back and putting in time back there and we're grateful to have somebody who's that flexible and he's helped up and done very, very well. But we need more D. And this week he picked up two D-men, one from Nelson, and someone came from Ontario. We're just waiting for all the paperwork to be done. So we'll be up to seven real defensemen, and I think that's going to be really helpful going down the stretch. Have you been impressed by the play of Ethan McDuff this season? He's been fun to watch. He was fun to watch last year, and he's more fun to watch this year. And uh, he can stick him on a phone booth, the kid, and, <laughs> and is so creative out there and so deceptive. We love watching him, and he has a lot of fans in this town. You mentioned the games this weekend, uh, home games against uh, Chase and Golden. What do the Ghost Riders have to do to be successful this weekend? You know, these new defensemen need to get into the game and start working with the system. And, and I think it's just a consistency thing. I think we need to, you know, we had that game I mentioned against Revelstoke, and I've never seen the team play that well and then turn around and lose three days later. So it's just getting that level of play up, knowing what's expected from them. You know, I think they have a good chance. We have a really tight division. Yes. And we 
think, you know, we got Kimberly and, and Columbia Valley and Golden and, and Creston right on our tail. So it's a really tight division. It's going to be very interesting. Dan McSkimming is the voice of the Fernie Ghost Riders. Thank you very much for doing this, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Our thanks this week to KIJHL broadcasters Dan McSkimming, Bob Scott, Larry Reed, and Justin McCartney. A special thank you to the BCHL Trail Smoke Eaters and their broadcaster, Ben Phillips. KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera. Sycamus Eagles Head Coach, Nick DeShane. Brandon Toy of the Kamloops Storm, Nathan Dominici of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks, and Matt Fleet from the Kimberly Dynamiters. And a stick tap, as always, to Hockey TV, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back here in seven days.